Welcome to WTBU News Today, I'm Griffin Buck. Boston's been fairly pleasant lately. We are expecting some rain today, showers throughout the day, but then tomorrow that rain should make its way out of Massachusetts. Temperatures will reach about a high of 80 degrees by 3 p.m. on Friday, and it's going to be fairly sunny, so fairly pleasant as we move into the opening phase here in Massachusetts. We're joined now by Grace Ramey with a New England update. Following the two weeks of uprising around the country in response to the murder of George Floyd and flagrant systemic racism seen in the country's legislation, Boston grassroots organizations gained momentum for changing the name of Faneuil Hall. The New Democracy Coalition has been advocating for nearly three years for the city of Boston to strip the tourist attraction of its name, but are just now gaining enough public support for their proposal to see success. Faneuil Hall is named after Peter Faneuil, a merchant and slave owner from the 1700s who gifted the building to the city after its construction. This mission has now gained support from Dr. Jill Stein, the former Green Party presidential candidate, who spoke out saying that white supremacy is the living legacy of slavery and it should be abolished just like its predecessor. On the opposing side is Mayor of Boston, Marty Walsh, who claims that while history cannot be erased, it can be learned from, and Boston should instead acknowledge its history so people could understand it. Now, with more changes coming that do not condone the legacy of racism in this city and country, backers of this small but meaningful cause are continuing to push harder for the outcome they desire. In Belmont, Massachusetts, I'm Grace Ramey for WTBU News. Thank you, Grace. Cole Benowitz is here now with a national news update. Over 1,250 former Justice Department workers, composed of prosecutors, supervisors, and trial lawyers serving for both Republican and Democrat administrations, have called for an investigation into Attorney General William Barr on Wednesday. This comes after Barr's involvement in Trump's Bible photo op on June 1st in front of St. John's Church. In order to clear the way for the president, protesters, who were largely peaceful according to reports, were pushed out of Lafayette Square through the use of tear gas and police force. In an interview with Fox News following the incident, Barr defended his actions and said he saw nothing wrong with the president walking over to the church. According to Barr, Park Police decided the night before to extend the perimeter outside the White House, but Barr denied giving what he referred to as tactical commands to push the crowd back. However, according to a Justice Department official and White House press secretary, Barr did inform the police to put the plan into action. From San Diego, California, I'm Cole Benowitz for WTBU News. Thank you, Cole. We're now joined by Jane Avery with a COVID-19 and elections news update. A study published in Nature Journal on Monday said lockdown measures prevented approximately 60 million cases of COVID-19 in the United States and 285 million cases in China. A similar study was released by epidemiologists at the Imperial College in London, which estimated that the number of prevented cases of coronavirus from multiple different European countries was 3.1 million with 500,000 prevented cases in the United Kingdom. According to the Washington Post, which published an article regarding both of the studies, all of the researchers suggest that the shutdowns and restrictions, although economically disruptive, were effective in stopping the exponential spread of the coronavirus. The Imperial College report also noted that the United Kingdom saw the infection rates drop 82% after the shutdown. The initial research team that looked at the spread in six countries, including the United States and China, estimated that in the first first days and weeks of the virus, the infections were doubling every day when there were little to no restrictions in place. Solomon Hassang, 
director of the Global Policy Laboratory at the University of California at Berkeley and member of the research team looking at six countries, noted that this early day spread was unusually extreme even among similar diseases. He continued saying that without these stay-at-home restrictions, people across the globe will be living in a very different April and May. While the coronavirus remains a problem and cases are significant in countries, many states in the U.S. are reopening gradually as well as other countries that were greatly affected, showing significant progress in handling the virus. Thank you, Jane. Victoria Popovska joins us now with an international news update. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres stated on Wednesday his regret at the North Korean announcement that they had severed hotlines with South Korea. Through a spokesperson, the Secretary General said that these channels between the two countries are necessary to avoid misunderstandings or miscalculations. North Korea's decision to end the ties was announced on Tuesday by the KCNA State News Agency. This decision is seen as a new setback to stalled efforts in persuading North Korea to end its nuclear weapons program. This news comes at the heels of the second anniversary of the first talks between U.S. President Donald Trump and North Korean leader Kim Jong-un. June also marks the 20th anniversary of the first meeting of the leaders of the two Koreas. In Montville, New Jersey, I'm Victoria Popovska for WTBU News. That's it for this edition of WTBU News Today. Be sure to tune in to our full program every Tuesday and Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern over on WTBU Radio. On behalf of Gabriela Lopez, Megan Gregoire, Alex Corey, and Lily Kepner, I'm Griffin Buck, reporting from Roseville, California for WTBU News.